My name is Yemi, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly Bible study podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into the word with open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding our everyday lives, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, what are we diving into today? Well, Yemi, we are interrupting our regular season with our second corporate fast called 40 Days with the Most High. Now, this is a 40-day sugar-free fast that um, that we are embarking on so that we can give up our sweets and take in more of the Lord. Um, this idea comes from the fact that when we are taking in sugar and we fall on the crutches of sugar, whenever we're feeling down or whenever we feeling like we want to run to food for being our comfort, instead, we're focusing on getting the comfort of Christ. This week, we are discussing days 8 to 14. And our theme for this period is called Gifts from God. Now, in day 8, that the title... Uh, from the book, The 40-Day Sugar Fast, the title is Candy Canes and Crutches. Now, the word or the spiritual word for, the, for that title is, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. And that is taken from Psalms 54, verse 4. Now, I really think that that is such an important message because it really focuses on the idea that God is everything. God is here to help us. He is our actual crutch. Now, when I, I love the title where it says candy canes and crutches, because, you know, I think of the candy canes on a Christmas tree. And when you're looking at things like presents, I think of those gifts. And that's why I think the theme of gifts from God is so apt, especially for this title. But the whole idea of crutches is that we tend to lean on foods because some people are addicted to food. They're addicted to sugar. Sugar is a, a real addiction. And whenever we're feeling down, whenever we're happy, whenever we're looking, um, we're, we're feeling incomplete, we want those dopamines to make us feel good. And the first thing you grab is a chocolate bar or mm -hmm. a piece of candy or something sweet or a cake or a donut. And like for me, my chocolate chip baked Nestle Toll House cookies, right? But in this case, it's saying that God is our helper and the Lord will uphold every part of our life. And if we start to lean on God for that support, for that moral support, that spiritual support, that that bread and sugar that we're looking for, we'll start to realize that everything else is an outside filler and only God is the most complete inner, com, um, inner thing that we need mostly to make us feel good. Oh, yeah. I love the idea that we should lean on God like a crutch, right? A lot of us have the idea, especially women, that we're independent and we're able to do things because we don't want to rely on people to help us get places or to do things. Because sometimes when we rely on people, we get disappointed. So a lot of times we focus on our independence and our ability to do a lot of things. And, and not that I take for granted at all <laughs> my <laughs> ability to be independent as I am, but we all need help, right? Or we all really want help. But God is saying that I'm here to help you. 
Like when you fall, I'm here. When you're struggling, I'm here. You don't need whatever outside foods or addictions that you're looking for that, that fills the void. You can lean on me. And that's great in theory, but how does it work? And I think the amazing part of this fast is that every day we get to test it. Mm -hmm. Like today you test it and you're running to God. And do you feel like you don't need sugar? Maybe you still feel like you need sugar, but maybe mm -hmm. after the 40 days, you really feel like you don't need sugar, that you have completely re replaced that need, that crutch with God. This actually reminds me of the, the parable that Jesus gave, where the shepherd leaves the 99 to chase after the one sheep. Mm -hmm. And before reading this chapter, I always consider myself part of the 99. Like, <laughs> I'm obedient, I follow, I'm good, I'm cool. But every mm -hmm. now and then we do stray. And isn't mm -hmm. it great that Jesus will stop what he's doing and chase after us? And that's why we probably all entered into the fast because we wanted to be closer to God mm -hmm. and God draws you near. So mm -hmm. this is not by accident. This is not a coincidence. This came up. This is what God, this is your time to use God as your crutch. I love the fact that you mentioned that because I think too many times we look for everything else other than looking within ourselves. And you know, the reason why I say look within ourselves is because we are made in the image of God. So it's already here, it's with us. We don't have to look outside of that. And I think we look at these outside, you know, uh, uh, forces to make us feel good. We look to others to make us feel important. We look to our relationships to make us feel validated. But the only validation you need is from God because he's already given us that and we just need to call upon him. And I love, you know, this idea when when they talk about in, I think Psalms, I think 55, 22, where it says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And it's, it's that analogy of the 99 sheep and the one that is missing or the one that has strayed and rejoicing and knowing that we are going to seek that one. It's like, it, we're not going to shake. We're not going to fall apart. What we're going to do is unite to make sure that you're together and that you, that you feel whole, that you are part of this community. You're feeling the oneness that God wants for us. And that oneness is the alignment that he talks about for us. Right? So I think that casting all of our burdens onto him relinquishes that burden of feeling like you have to solve everything yourself. He has you. If you relinquish that, you feel less burdened. And now you can only, you, you only need to concentrate on your love and your commitment and your faith in him. You don't have to worry about these outside factors to make you feel complete. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, this uh, brings us to our day nine when Jesus shares his food. Again, focusing on that title with gifts from God. Of course, if Jesus shares his food, I that is priceless. I would love to be part of that. So the scripture that is taken from there is my food, says Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. And that's from John 4, verse 34. Now, when you think of hunger, you think of any kind of food or craving that will satisfy you. But 
Jesus's hunger was not food. It was not bread. It was making sure he did the will of God. That is an ultimate hunger because he would not be satisfied unless he did what he needed to do on this earth. And I think that's the kind of hunger that we're talking about. When you are in a mode of starvation or feeling like you want something so badly, but no, you can't have it just because of human nature. We always want what we can't have. I think this is the period where you have to really self-reflect and have to be disciplined. It's teaching us discipline and humility. It's teaching us that we overindulge in so many things that are not necessarily helpful and spiritually nourishing. You know, we overindulge in alcohol and in food and in sweets and in and 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 all of the worldly things, but we have to realize that we are in this world, but we're not of this world. And Jesus is saying that here that his food is doing the will of God. Now, the will of God is 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 difficult, but yet so simple because He tells us what those things are. He tells us how to align ourselves and and walk righteously, and He gives us all of these things. And the Word is in the Bible, and that's why this is the Bible-based Bible studies where he tells us simply what we need to do to armor ourselves, to continue to pray, to continue to memorize scripture, to use them to rebuke and retrain and, and train and, 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 and prosper and teach. These are the things that God wants for us. And he doesn't make it difficult for us, but we have to learn discipline. And this is the discipline that Jesus is talking about when he says he shares his food. Amen. I mean, Jesus can be sustained by doing the will of God. Can we say the same thing? I think about the fact that sometimes when we're so busy, we don't even think about food. We're not even hungry. Like the appetite is not even there. When we're very much in the thick of things, when we're not complaining or we're grumpy, when we're having a good time. I know like a lot of times social events comes with food, but if you're doing an activity, you're having a good time and you're not miserable, you're not going to think about food. You're just enjoying yourself. So God is saying, enjoy the work of God. Eat that, make that your sustenance. I also think about the woman at the well with this. This one because God offered her offered her living water. Yeah. He said, "If you drink from the water I have, you would never thirst." I think like thirst and food at the same thing because these are things that you consume, and we always think about these like Philia said, like physical things. But what if we have a spiritual thirst, a spiritual hunger, and it manifests in a physical way? Because a lot of times food just dulls whatever we're going through. So we're not satisfying our spiritual thirst and hunger, but we, our brains kind of, we are rewired or not wired correctly. So we're thinking that hunger is actual food. Mm -hmm. Right. We run to get filled. And, and like Philly said, the dopamines, the rush that you get, the feel good hormones that are released when you eat, mm -hmm. it's only temporary. And it's not going to give you lasting results that sustain you because a lot of times we're not even eating the stuff that is good for us. We're eating empty calories, calories that turn into fat. <laughs> so maybe maybe we need to think about like if we if we can switch our hunger, our physical hunger and thirst for thirst and hunger for God and mm. God's work. 
Like, let's, let's challenge ourselves to do something for the Lord, like do an activity that gives back to the kingdom of God. That is well said. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, um, your analysis of it because it just shows how much God loves each of us as if we were only one of us. And that's why when you gave that idea of the 99 sheep and the one that's lost, it even in this chapter it says, let the salvation of those who are lost fuel you. That is the fuel that Jesus, you know, um, um, wanted or needed, right? He was fueled by our need for salvation. And that, you know, energized, that energized him because it was like, no, I'm going to continue to fast. I'm going to continue to hunger for the salvation of, of, of humanity. And we need to have that fire, you know, instead of doing it for selfish reasons, because we just want a donut that we see, it's like saying, no, keep from this because the more hungry we become, the more we'll start to recognize what it feels like to hunger for God. As you know, his heart for the world, your heart for the world would be, you know, transformed to look more like Jesus is on. And it would never be exactly like his because we don't know what that feels like, but we will probably get a, a glimpse of what that feels like when you really have something in your face and you know you're not supposed to go for it. You know you're not supposed to be tempted and yet still you continue to to, to look to God for your help and your salvation. And I think that's what Jesus talks about when he talks about sharing his food. Uh, that brings us to our day 10, which is his presence, our present. I love nice, shiny presence. This is another wonderful gift of God. And the scripture for that is, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you first anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. This is from Matthew 6 verses 16 to 18. Amen. This scripture here really focuses on the idea that just by having God as um, being present, that is our present. Um, his presence is our present and our re reward when we join him in and giving and caring for others. You know, it's having that nearness of God. It's that reward knowing that, you know, that when we join him in prayer, as we empty ourselves, we are also filling him with what's really needed. So by emptying ourselves, we are getting rid of all of these worldly things that are in our bodies, in our minds, that are a distraction. But when we start to ingest everything about him and what he wants for us and the word, our, our daily bread comes from him, it will literally be the one that transforms us and it allows us to renew our mind. And I think that that's the idea of his presence being our present. Amen. I think, I think, yes, Jesus' presence is a present and we need to honor and respect it. And during the fast, our true reward is intimacy with God mm -hmm. because 
we do have cravings. I can tell you about mine that I am learning about during this fast season. And the fact is, if every time I had a craving, I ran to God, I would be closer to God. I would ask God to fulfill me in almost everything because Normally when I pray, I don't ask God to, to help me with my hunger pains or my, my cravings. No, I just go eat. It's not something that I really think about, but allowing God to enter every facet of your life creates this intimacy. It makes God your best friend, someone that you can lean on. I, I love the idea of thinking of his presence as a present. It's the ultimate gift. Amen. I love it too. And um, Psalm 73 Verse 25 to 20, 28 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And for me, it's good to be near God in a sense, right? So I think that is the salvation that we are looking for, knowing that we have him to satisfy everything and anything, like nothing can, can equate to the kind of satisfaction and and nourishment that we can get from having Jesus as our present. Amen. Amen. This brings us to our day 11, which is called shine. And you know how we love shiny things. Shine, shine. Shine, shine. <laughs> Africans love shine, shine. But <laughs> so it says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is from Matthew 5, verses 14 to 16. I think the title is so apt because when you have light, no matter what type of darkness is around, it will illuminate. That's why people who are sad, people who are depressed, people who are negative, always gravitate towards those who have light. And sometimes you have to be careful that you are light and others don't try to dim your light. And that's why it's important to always protect yourself through prayer, through, you know, the arm of God, through, you know, your testimonies, because sometimes people are there to try to steal that. But you always want to be the light amongst darkness. You walk into a room, you want to illuminate. You, someone is feeling down, you want to be able to come and be able to say something to them that reaches their soul. You want to be able to know that, you know, it's a God-given gift, God-given talent to be able to speak to someone and make them feel better about themselves, lead them to their salvation by telling them things, telling them things in the scripture, showing and leading by example. I think these are all the things that God talks about when he talks about shining and illuminating. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I think like fun fact, mm -hmm. <laughs> this, um, this parable was actually our very first podcast episode. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And it was called lit seasoning because mm -hmm. we, you know, we had to be the light. We had to add salt to everything. And, and we have to remember that this world can be cruel and it can be hard. It's 
by the testing of our faith that we produce perseverance. So we will be tested and there will be good times and there will be bad times. And we can't only shine when there's good times. In the darkness, we have to shine because that preserves our integrity. That says that Christ's light is still within us. And like Philia said, don't let people dim your light. Don't let the bad times dim your light. Don't stay there too long. As we are growing, as we're spending this 40 days with the most high and he's filling every aspect of our life, our light beca- our life becomes illuminated. We shine with his goodness. We shine with his right- righteousness. We shine with his presence. We should make sure we're holding on to that. And whenever we feel like our light is dimming, run to the Lord, run. Yes. yes. And in light of that, no pun intended, but actually pun intended, uh, he is the light and he promises that when you walk with him, you'll not walk another step in darkness. Amen. 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 All right. This brings us to our day 12, which are our food triggers. Now, I love this idea of food triggers because that is the thing. Sometimes I told, you know, the example when I uh, gave my testimony on, I think in our chat, when I talked about, I was talking about a childhood trauma with a cousin of mine and I immediately picked up, and I think this was day 10. So I always remember it because I journaled it where I picked up a, a cookie and, and swallowed like kind of like the, the sin of the apple that Adam swallowed and got caught in my throat and not remembering what I was doing because it was a, it was a a trigger. The, the childhood trauma was the trigger talking fast, talking about something that made me uncomfortable. And I immediately went to what was habitual for me. So it was the next day, of course, feeling so guilty because that led to other things and other triggers. And then I just said, Oh, I already messed up. I might as well do it. And that's not a reason to do it. No matter what, you start from where you are. You don't feel like you're going backwards. And I allowed that moment where I was the most weak to continue to give up. And it made me more strong now because of that trigger. So the scripture which talks about that says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in one and lead me in the way everlasting. And that's Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. Uh, This Psalm here really talks about the idea of searching for God and letting you know, you know, the thoughts of God, because he made you and he knows everything about you. He knew you before you were in the womb. He knew all of the hairs on your head before you were even created. So if he knows your heart and he knows your mind and he knows what you're going to think about and he knows your destiny, then you have to trust that your decisions are made in him and don't do anything outside of that. So for me, it's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You don't know why the things happen, but you have to trust that they're happening for the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I amen. I think that as we're in this fast and we are running to the things that we're supposed to be cutting out, we can easily identify our food, food sugars, things that we weren't really paying attention to before. Instead of saying I'm hungry, because you know, like for me, I eat late. That is like the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. And 
I make a conscious effort to eat before our cutoff time because I don't want to be hungry late. So if I'm hungry later, I know I'm not really hungry, but I, I have these cravings and my cravings are carb, which ultimately, you know, convert to sugar anyway, carb and something warm. And I know it's because I'm trying to feel warm. I'm trying to feel fill the loneliness. I want to feel like I'm getting a hug and I get that hug from food. Now that I'm very much aware of my food trigger and seeing how it occurs really late at night, I need come. I want the company at late at night. And so I'm thinking to myself like, Hey, this is the perfect time to spend in prayer. Perfect time evening is to spend in prayer. If, if the morning wasn't good because I'm half asleep and I'm not really focused, evening time is best for me. So I implore all of you to be closely attuned to your food triggers and figure out how you can solve them by, by uh, converting them to time with the Lord. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. This brings us uh, to our day 13, which talks about weight and worship. So the scripture for that is, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And this is from Matthew 6, verses 33. This is all in tune with the idea of leaning on God. Um, you know, if we seek God first, we, we, we will always know that we can completely depend on him for all of the things that we want. We won't be looking, as I said from earlier, um, for all of these outside things to make us feel whole. God is the answer for all of our needs. All we have to do is call on him. He already knows our heart. He knows the things that we're thinking about, even if we don't say them out loud. But if we learn to seek him, it will keep us um, in a situation that we're making cognizant effort to always do what's right and which is to be righteous. And of course, as sinners, we make mistakes, but as long as we ask for forgiveness and try to do the right thing, God knows us the, the best. And he will always put us in a situation, I think, to exemplify the things that he wants most for us. Amen. I mean, God cares about us. He loves us. He wants us to, to turn to him. It's nice to be in a fast and, and say that you're going to lose weight, but God, <laughs> God is not concerned about the external. He's concerned about the internal. Right. So while, while we're giving up the sugar, we're filling ourselves with God. We're being transformed right. <laughs> daily. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it does remind me because now, you know, we, we, we are further into the past. I mean, of course, we're not at the halfway point yet, but we're almost there. And the things that we used to feel at the beginning we are not feeling those things now. I think that a lot of us might feel a lot more comfortable. We're used to, you know, those triggers. We're aligning ourselves with the things that don't make us fall back on them. And I think it's like when our lives begin to change from the inside out, so will our eating habits. They will start to change from the outside in. So, Amen. Amen. And our last on the list is our day 14, which talks about what else are you craving? And the scripture for that is taken from Psalms 139, verse 13. It says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Again, this brings us full circle about God knows us best. 
he made us. We are made in his image. We are equipped with the authority to rebuke anything that is not of us and also know that he is within us. We don't have to look far to have everything that we need to be spiritually sound. He's already there, but we just got to speak out to him. We just got to call on to him. We basically have to pretty much say, God, you know, everything that I want for my life, I want it to be your will. Um, teach me, um, you know, speak speak to me, help me with discernment, help me with wisdom to know the right things to do. Um, you know, that's where integrity comes from. Our moral compass, all of that comes from God. He puts that inside of us. But sometimes we allow the world to change those things. But our deep rooted natural self is to be good, is to be kind. And God has equipped us with these things. Amen. Yes. God has equipped us to be kind and to be good. And all of these things are within us. And and we need to tap into that instead of us being like grumpy because <laughs> you, we haven't had our sugar fix or for me, my carb fix. It, you know, it's time to say like, I, I don't I don't need that to like give me that blast of dopamine because you just, you just want more and more and it actually doesn't really solve anything. What I need is Jesus. <laughs> I need that. And I need to focus on him and be more mindful than ever, because as we, we spend the 40 days, we are focused on him completely. Amen to that. This was a great discussion on our mm -hmm. second uh, week and stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the daily devotionals through week two of the 40 days with the most high sugar fast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. And before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. Are you subscribed to our podcast? Do you like us on YouTube? Are you following us on Instagram? Treading Faith is our handle on all platforms. So you can follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with the Treading Faith podcast. You can like and subscribe to us on YouTube and share this podcast with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. We want to grow. So if you like us, don't forget get to subscribe and share. While we are pushing to the halfway mark of the 40-day fast, we want you to know that it's not too late to join this corporate fast. We are better together. So if you are interested, contact Philia or myself directly or email treadingfaith at gmail.com. We would love to add you to our WhatsApp group where you receive the daily devotionals, testimonies, support, and encouragement. Join us on this journey. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back void. And because we also believe our prayers are strengthened in numbers, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father God, we honor you. We glorify you. We thank you. We thank you for your presence. Matthew 18, 20 says, when two or more are gathered in your name, you are present. You are welcomed most certainly, Father God. 
Father, we thank you for the lessons during this fast season. As we take this intermission to spend time with you and grow closer to you, Father God, we have accepted that intimacy with you is fulfilling. We have accepted that your presence is a present in our life. Father, we know that you give us gift. You've given us the gift of life, friends, family, and even each other while we struggle through our ups and downs and we celebrate our highs. But Father God, sometimes we turn to the vices of this world to fill the void where we should be seeking and running to you. Father God, help us with our sugar addiction or whatever cravings we have, whatever crutches we are leaning on. We want to lean on you. We want more of you. Father God, we want to thank you and glorify you and give you honor for the gifts that you have given us so that we may show the world how good you are. Father, if we are disobedient in any way, we ask that you course correct us, that you set our crooked path straight, that you give us direction, that you give us understanding, you give us vision. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace, you have saved, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is a gift from God. We thank you for this perfect and holy gift of being saved. Jesus Christ died for our sins so that we can be reconciled with God, so that we can have this intimacy and closeness with God. We want to share this with the world. Oh, Father, don't let it be shut up in our bones and in our mouths, but let us share, let us connect with others and let them know that the path to God is easy. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's various grace. Oh, Father, you have given us grace and mercy. Let us be a beacon of light. Let us shine brightly with the Holy Spirit and the glow of Christ. Let us use our gifts, our time, our talent, our treasury to serve one another, to serve the kingdom. Father God, give us opportunities to be good stewards of our gifts. If any of us fail to recognize what gifts you have given us, open our eyes so that we can see. Open our minds so that we may have understanding. Open our hearts so that we may believe that we are worthy. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Father God, we thank you. We know that every good gift is from you. We give you praise for every good thing you have given us. Oh, Father God, if there is any doubt in our mind that it is a good gift from you, oh, Father God, let the Holy Spirit minister to us. Let our spirits be joyed, um, filled with joy and jubilation, knowing that you, this world, these things you have given us is a gift. Time is a gift. The beauty of the world is a gift. Friendships are a gift. Family is a gift. Being able to serve, being able-bodied, health. These are all gifts that we should thank you every single day. Father, if we forget to thank you, please forgive us because we want to experience the fullness of your love, oh Father. So as we as we spent these 40 days with the most high, let us be filled with an unspeakable joy and a high of knowing you being filled with your grace and sharing our gifts with the world. Your word says in Matthew 20, 18, 19, if at least two of us agree on earth about anything we ask for, that it will be done by our Father in heaven. So we lift our voices together. 
And we say amen, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We love you and we can't wait to catch you on the next one. Bye.